dinga boom dinga boom the finley the finley boom dinga boom the on film how are you dealing with the heat, Tom? Uh, I am uh, loving this. This is uh, an amazing experience. I'm, uh, you know, the, the 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 seventh circle of fucking hell that is Fresno during the summer. This this prolapsed rectum of a town. Tom just. Moved. I like it better like, when it's not this hot. Let's put it that way. <laughs> like I'm okay with everything when it's not this fucking miserable. Tom moved here from the Bay Area a year ago, and this is his second summer. Although maybe his first full summer. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the uh, I. I the world's most expensive uh, air conditioning for a while there when I spent uh, well, a month and a half, no, two, like two months, almost two months in the hospital. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, with a fully air conditioned environment. So I didn't get the full benefit of it, but I got the, I got the opening of that summer. And uh, it's last fair summer. to say, I think that Tom, Tom is a portly gentleman. I th- yeah, that's portly. Yeah, like as in the port of San Francisco yeah. you know, kind of thing, really. You know, let's be honest. Yeah, portly is a, is a, is a fine, <laughs> fine word there, sir. Well, I, yeah, I also, it's. Part of the magic of radio, and I know Tom, so it's no big deal to me, but I just I hope you don't mind if I reveal Tom to our listening audience that it is a little edgy sometimes because Tom feels that because I'm the only person on in the room with him during the mic thing, he feels free to record these episodes without pants. And he pulls on his ball sack in this heat like it's taffy. Mm-hmm. And so it's distracting to me. Actually, I hate to point this out to you. That actually that that is taffy. Even more distracting <laughs> than when... I just I, I buy Harry Taffy. It's just the way I like it. Right. Sometimes he'll pull out a piece of paper as we're recording these things, and he'll draw little swastikas on them, and then he mouths to me, I love these things, as we're doing the episode. So mm-hmm. these are just things that happen. I'm, just, I'm breaking the fourth wall. I hope you don't mind, Tom. No, no, not at all. And actually, I do love these things, and by which I mean my testicles. That's and so not the swastikas. No, oddly enough, I'm not talking about those in that circumstance. I am talking about my balls. You just to be balls. pointing at... Swastikas, yeah, and well, piling them. Well, that's the it's actually it's an ancient Hindu uh, in, ideogram for testicles. It's a I little think your thing. Testicles it's are a fertility thing. You're an idiot, Graham. <laughs> You're an idiot, Graham. <laughs> You're a singing idiot, Graham, with yep. a bear <laughs> on a fucking bicycle. All right. Anyway, so I guess what we're that's all to say that it is the beginning of summer, and yeah. summer is we have two different reactions to summer, but Tom's is the the, the important one because Tom hates heat. I do not like heat. He yeah. grew up in the Sort of in the Bay Area, where it's not that hot. Mm-hmm. And, and then I moved to the areas of the Bay Area where it's never that hot. Right. And so as as now could. he's just a big whiny baby and without pants. And mm-hmm. he's pulling on his taffy, his hairy taffy-like testicles and drawing mm-hmm. swastikas. Anyway, so welcome to today's show. Absolutely. We're doing... Um, well, uh, it's we're doing a fictional biography of Tom, apparently. Well, you know, I would say it's creative nonfiction, but but I we're doing um, a couple of episodes. I w- at some point I kind of want to interrupt in, uh, our, our conversation about about this particular episode of the Finleys because I'm not sure that we actually are are classifying it as the right thing. But initially, our idea was that we wanted to do Ava Gardner. Yes. Well, that we wanted to well, take some films about <laughs> Ava Gardner. Yes, I wouldn't and, mind going back in time. Well, I think for bo- isn't it true for both of us or for each of us that um, we sort of went into this not knowing a whole lot about Ava Gardner? Yeah, that is absolutely true. And more to the point, what I think is interesting is uh, one of the movies we're going to be talking about never seen before have zero familiarity with it. And, and I think that's interesting that we are going to be doing that occasionally. Yeah, it's a, sort of challenging ourselves in, in one way or another. But Ava Gardner has this sort of, um, she has a, uh, can I just start by saying she has this quality? Tell me if you think I'm wrong, Tom. What? She has this quality. Oh, yeah, no, no shit, no. Okay. <laughs> Will do. Yes, well, Captain. I think, okay, like I, I'm remembering when I was in high school, um, 
there was a girl that I was just in love with. It was like maybe one of the first times I like fell in love too easily or something like that. And um, and there's this beautiful girl. And and then she broke my heart, of course, which means that really I was an idiot. But for a while, I was um, sort of like really depressed, but also in love with being depressed. And it was the first time I realized that I was kind of in love with being in love. But 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 in love with being in love takes the right sort of person, right? And it, to me, Ava Gardner is sort of uh, the mm. thing I got out of her immediately is that yes, of course, she's beautiful and mm -hmm. she's got all of these things that that she's not alone. Like there are dozens and dozens of classic Hollywood starlets who are amazing, right. sort of looking and and sexy. But she has a quality um, that sort of suggests that whoever she dumps is going to feel very blue for a long time. Absolutely, and I think there's there's another element to her too, which I think one of her kind of movie specialties, and, every, and most actors and actresses at that time had like a specialty, something that they portrayed. You know, uh, Henry Fonda was the decent guy, this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. There's this quality that Ava Gardner brought to brings to the roles that I'd seen her in that is, um, it's not, I don't know, how do I put it? It's like, it's as you were saying, sort of in love to you know. Lo the idea of loving to be in love, yep. uh, the idea of loving to finish a sentence, things of those nature. Yeah, Tom. Like by the way, I should also. I just want to interrupt Tom. Because I'm going to help you out here. Has had almost no sleep, and Tom is a maniac when he's had no sleep. So he's had no sleep, and it's the beginning of summer. So complete that sentence, Tom. Yeah, I don't know if I can, Father. No. Yeah. Um, she has this quality of bruised earnestness. Hmm. I'm not sure how else it's like. She's, she's been bruised, or she bruises earnest no, people. No, she's been bruised, but she's trying to be earnest. Like despite that. Okay, so so we've talked before. It's like the, the William Holden sort of quality of like the cynic who still wants to fall in love or whatever. Mm -hmm. Are you saying that that's who she is? That's what I always get from her. That's okay. the thing. That's the quality of her acting that that always comes across to me. There's this earnestness and the notion of doomed, like a, 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 of, a, of a sort of a a doomed existence behind it. Well, okay, so she she was she had been married to uh, she married Mickey Rooney, which mm. is that's everyone right married Mickey Rooney, right? Yeah, game over. Uh, Mickey Rooney was a, quite a coxman, apparently. Mm -hmm. Well, he had to be, I guess. He was like with, with five foot two and banging everything in Hollywood. Or he was a great tap dancer. Yeah, absolutely. And with then cock. And then she married. She <laughs> <laughs> and then she married Artie Shaw, the band leader. Mm -hmm. Okay, but then she married Frank Sinatra, and, it, and it apparently. Drove Sinatra when she dumped Sinatra, he tried to to kill himself. He stuck his head in an oven. Really? Yeah, in like 1957. Or you something sure he like wasn't that. just drunk and thought that was like a vagina or something like that? But why would he stick his head in it and then turn the gas on? That's the wrong because, area. Well, because he knew where the G spot was. Come on, buddy. Anyway, so Ava Gardner um, dumped a lot of famous guys who, mm -hmm. and apparently all of them had that Joe DiMaggio reaction. The yeah. way DiMaggio never got over mm -hmm. Marilyn Monroe. So, so she's got that sort of quality. Um, to her. Anyway, th that's what I, that's the conversation I started five minutes ago. Uh, I was talking about your balls, that you uh -huh. draw swastikas, yep, that yep, it's yep. hot, mm -hmm. that you pull on your balls like, like taffy. Taffy, taffy. But you ended there with Harry Taffy. Yeah. And now that Ava Gardner has this sort of quality wh where, what did you call it? A, a, a earnest, a bruised Like earnest. a bruised earnest quality to her, yeah. Okay, so anyway, the film. Uh, later on tonight, uh, Joe will have simply a bruised quality. For all the lies he's telling about me here today. So in 1952, <laughs> um, they decided to make a film called The Snows of Kilimanjaro, which is based on um, a novella, really, right? Yeah, yeah. A, a Hemingway novella. Ernest Hemingway. And um, I don't know. Talk about Ernest Hemingway for a second, by the way. 
Love Ernest Hemingway. He's I'm great. a huge Ernest Hemingway fan, absolutely. And I have to say, I have a particular love of the novella. I, I, let's call it a book, just for the purpose. Okay. Of okay? uh, the book, uh, Snows of Kilimanjaro. Yep. I I love it. It's it it it's, was published. I want to say in '36. Yep. Um, it has um, a, it has a wonderful meta quality. In fact, it it really is an exercise in meta writing. In the sense that um, you you relate the, the central character to Hemingway himself, or that um, it, that the stories are about stories. The the stories are about stories. Yeah. yeah okay. Absolutely. I mean, so the central, you know, the the the, the plot is uh, Snows of Kilimanjaro. Uh, he is uh, a writer, a famous writer, is at the end of his career. Uh, nothing is quite panned out the way he wants it to pan out. He basically feels like he sold his talent well, down the river at some point. He's got this sort of father figure uncle um, mm-hmm. who's who's successful, but also has pushed him to do real things. And like he never has the heart to tell the central character in the movie played by Gregory Peck that um, he hasn't done he he hasn't met with his approval. But no matter what the central character does in terms of his writing or how much success he has, it's sort of surface level, sort mm-hmm. of mainstream success, and it's right. not real art. And I have to say, like I almost feel like I'm going to be talking about this first. As the book and then as the movie to a certain extent. Yeah, okay. That's you know? fair. Uh, and I'm not trying to uh, trying to hold the movie to necessarily the book, but it's really kind of hard to when that's what it's actually based on. So there's a certain way that we're going to do that. But but the character, uh, he is basically, he scratched his leg on a thorn in Africa and infected. Uh, he's on uh, safari uh, because Ernest Hemingway loved to kill him some animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, meanwhile, it's gone septic uh, and... Nobody apparently knew to cut the leg off at, at some certain point. They're waiting for a doctor to arrive. He is having fever dreams and basically going back over all the things in his life that he regrets. So he's there with this this woman who he's like not exactly in love with. Like he loves her, but he's not in love with her. And yeah. in the movie, it's played by Susan Hayward. Yes, um, and, and, and very well by Susan Hayward. Yeah, and so it's a Gregory Peck as a central character is sitting mm-hmm. there. And I actually, I have to say this. He, he scratched his leg and it got infected, um, but... Um, the movie sort of plays it out that it was made worse by the fact that um, by the fact that he tried to save a native who'd fallen over uh, overboard on a canoe. That is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. Okay. He had the scratch on his leg, and it went septic when he. Uh, yeah. Right. Correct. When he fell out into, you know, presumably a, a, um, a river. Well, the reason I mentioned is, is because is because. He's seen as this sort of great guy who's made his condition worse by by picking up one of the natives. But really, the native fell in because they were they were rowing this guy around, mm-hmm. and and he stood up to get a photograph of a of a, well, a hippopotamus or something. Right. I don't know. We're going too deeply into it. But the point is that the, that the whole setup is that Gregory Peck is having this sort of fever dreams and he's remembering the past. Right. And part of the past that he remembers is Ava Gardner. Ava Gardner. It and includes Ava Gardner. Now, yeah, yeah. And she was the one. She was the one, and she's the one. It's more than that, she's the one who got away. It, well, in a way, so it's it's like there's another meta aspect that that happens in the film that's not present in the book is that Ava Gardner is always in real life the one who got away. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll go with you there. I'll yeah. go with you there, and I'll go you one. I'll go you. I'll go you one slightly better, which is that they not only did they do the snows of Kilimanjaro in here, but they also. Uh, put a uh, put a couple of elements from other Hemingway stories in it, most notably Hills Like White Elephants. Right. Well, absolutely. Wait. 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 What do you mean? Well, the whole the whole thing about the abortion, getting rid of the child. I mean, that was nowhere in it. That was had nothing to do with the Nose of Kilimanjaro, but it is the implied thing that they're doing in a, in another story of his called The Hills Like White Elephants. No, I know the Hills Like White Hills Like White Elephants, but 
while that is a, a thematic element that to be un, sort of unraveled by literary analysts, it's not, I mean, I guess as a subject matter, it, it is present in both. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. what, what, no, it wasn't in the, the original book, The Snows of Kilimanjaro, I don't think. No, no, no. But my point is that it's mm -hmm. now in the, it's implied in the movie. Right. But, and it was also happened to be in it. But other than that, it's like, what's the connection? Why are you why are you pulling it from? No, from, I just thought it was a really else? interesting thing to notice while I was watching the movie. I was uh, like, oh, that's not from there. That's from this other thing. But I don't know that it's this, that's what I'm saying. I don't know that it's from that other thing. I mean, why? I mean, it was there. They also had beers and drinks in that other thing, and they had drinks here. I mean, what's the what's the connection? I'm throwing it out there. This is my guess as to what he's happened. pulling the, on his the, balls. He's uh, getting nervous. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, go ahead. No, no. I'm just saying. I mean, like the writers took this, took the they, they adapted Snows of Kilimanjaro, yep. and they needed to fill some blanks in the story there because they I'm were making up stories. Oh, yeah, but I'm just asking what makes you assume they pulled it from, from uh, Hills Like White Elephants? Because it seems like a reasonable assumption to me. Mm. I, don't, I don't buy it, Tom. Well, yes, you don't because you're a cheap bastard. So cheap, okay. So um, Cheap, cheap. <laughs> so like, like a wee bird in a gay hat, yes. So Ava Gardner is, um, is the one who got away. And you guys can't see this hat. It's amazing. <laughs> Hello, Gavna. I really, this is, I think, a great moment right here because this is exactly why we decided to do a podcast because I, I love Tom. But here's a moment where I fucking hate Tom. It's really, funny. it's like, it's not that he can't just say, I, I don't know, I just made that up. It's like, no, no, it's a reasonable assumption. It's by no means a reasonable assumption. It's a reasonable assumption. It's much more reasonable than your Oliver hat, buddy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Am I wearing I'm I more than happy to attack you over your hat. Uh, my headphones. I couldn't I feel those. I will the, the shit out of your head. Don't worry about it. That's okay. Um, now you maybe forget what I was saying. Well, how, did Ava Gardner, <laughs> good. how did Ava Gardner factor into all of this? Well, Ava Gardner is the she's the uh, yeah she's the one that got away. And they try to make the whole thing of like you know the in the movie they centralize his regrets basically around that fact that his uh, that this one got away. She went away, of course, for the good of him because she's noble. She's Ava Gardner. That's yeah. what she does. Yeah. Uh, she broke his heart, but for you know, presumably all the right reasons. I he, guess so. Yeah, you know, and and but but he was never able to reconcile that thing, and he never and and he walked away from the relationship with with a manful pride, yeah, uh, which he then ultimately regretted. Except he's a Hemingway character, so he can't really regret being, you know, unhealthily macho. I guess. Yeah. I uh, guess. Did you like this movie? No. Oh, you didn't? No. no. Oh, I, the whole, by the way, we have a rule, or I think we have a rule, no. Tom and I, that we don't talk about the movies out before we hit the mics. And Tom, for some reason, he, I don't know, like 17 times he tried to start a conversation about, and by that I mean twice, yeah. he, tried to, he tried to start a conversation about this film, and I was adamant about it. And I might even say that I was right. Maybe I should have heard him, but, but now I know, I actually thought he wanted to start the conversation because how much he loved this film. All right, so tell me what tell me why you dislike this film. Oh, it's a soap opera. It's not it's not good. There's mm. so many things about this movie. I had to turn, I had to I had to to watch it. I, it took me 3 times. Yeah. To be able to get through the entire movie cuz yeah. it's just like, ah, oh, fuck off. It's this is Watching uh, this movie was like Tom achieving an erection. It's uh, like three separate attempts. Yeah, three separate attempts. Yeah. And not worth it at all in the end. Certainly <laughs> just not. like Tom's erection. Yeah, no, completely un uh, completely <laughs> Everyone was unsatisfied. Uh, yeah, nobody nobody they, got a fucking thing out of it. People were shrugging. Why did we bother with this thing? They're like, Man, I should have just gotten some taffy and gone home <laughs> instead of watching this fucking movie. Why is this man drawing swastikas on a piece of paper? Because <laughs> he hates this movie. Yeah. You know, um 
I actually was, that's kind of one of the things I wanted to talk about because I, I like this movie despite itself because we did an episode, a uh, recent episode on the Petrified Forest and I was saying, I was a little worried because we kind of, you know, gargled that uh, shit. That talk movie. about erections, man. We, we gar- yeah. yeah, but we gargled that movie's balls <laughs> the entire yeah, yeah. thing. And I was like, well, is that movie. interesting? I think it is. I'm, I'm not uh, complaining about that. Yeah, I yeah. was just worried like from an entertainment standpoint, yeah. it wouldn't be. And then, and then it occurred to me, we're going to be doing a lot of movies that we like. Is this going to be a problem for us, and then along comes as soon as I kill my jar, and I'm like, no nope, problem at all. No, nope, got one. Do yeah. not like it. Okay, what didn't I like about it? So many things. Oh. First off, they ruined the end. The, I mean, they ruined the it. ending. The ending was just some some bullshit. Yeah, like breakfast at Tiffany's ending, like that bad. That that kind of a bad adaptation. Um, but they took all this really neat meta stuff. Like in the book, again, it, it does suffer because the book is there, and it's everything you try to do by Hemingway is going to suffer. It's like there's never been a a great movie made out of a single Raymond uh, Carver story. Uh, the same thing is true about Hemingway. Do you mind if I just chime in here? Sure. Okay, I think you're dead wrong about one instance with Hemingway. To have uh, I have not is actually a much better film than book. Oh, I, I'll grant you that, but I'm going to say that that's a dark shit book. <laughs> that's a terrible book. Well, and also it had... It, had, uh, he, um, I did, he, it was released after his death, wasn't it? No, no, no. That came out in 44. Really? What are you talking about? Sorry. I'm thinking of something. Oh, Islands in the Stream is the one I'm thinking of. That was yeah, yeah. So, his kids. Yeah, to have and have not is um, it had a help, a little punching up from a, a, a little known author named William Faulkner. So I think that's, that's probably what helped a lot. That's got to help. This, this did not have William Faulkner's deft touch at all. You really hated it. I really did. It was not. It was so. Uh, it was. It was everything that the book isn't. The, the the book is these these neat little meta stories that he never got to write that he should have written about the Armenian genocide, about these things that he had witnessed in his life that were important. Yeah. And he had thrown it all away to go be to 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 trade in on his work and become basically a playboy. Okay. That. Yeah. And that's and that's it. And in this case, they decided to make it like this almost. Neo-Catholic thing about marriage and having children, and ultimately, like for God's sakes, he ends up in the Spanish uh, Civil War. Yeah, uh, he gets. Uh, I think he gets injured, but more or less, he's he's there because he's trying to follow her. Finally, he decides yeah. to go and follow her, mm-hmm. and he finds out she's a hospital driver in the Spanish Civil War. Yeah, and so he just ends up in a battlefield where she happens to be dying. You and she that? had one of my favorite lines, though. Yeah, which was? She, she had, like, it's, uh, I feel so warm when you hold me. That might have had something to do with the fact that an ambulance was covering the lower half of your body, and that was shock. I'm thinking. Yeah, okay. I, I guess. I, I didn't have the problem you had with it. I mean, mm. I, it's terrible in, in many ways. I agree. Even, like, all the, 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 the back screen. I mean, this is pre-green screen, and they're just awful, out-of-scale animals in the back, uh. and he's shooting in a screen, and... And, uh, and the hippos, Jesus. And, and Gregory Peck, who's typically kind of understated, somehow managed to ham it up in the, the sort of um, the dream sickness sort of state, right, as, he, as he's dying. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grant you all, I don't think it's a great movie, but I do think it's an entertaining movie. I, I don't have a problem with it. And, and I don't, um, I've sort of given up on comparing um, uh, adaptations. Like one of my favorite books of all time is An American Tragedy. And a place in the sun suffers like, like terribly in comparison. But it's still yeah. a great movie. Well, see, I, that's that's I'm gonna part ways with you in that I, no, I'm not gonna hold it. the movie. I'm not gonna hold the movie accountable to the book unless the movie just 
is not is not good. It wasn't great, but yeah. but Ava Gardner was special, man. I, I kind of she was had special. a crush on her in this movie. But I actually find myself like being annoyed shitless by by, by Gregory Peck. I'm like, who's he, who's not someone who easily annoys us? No, I adore Gregory Peck. I'd yeah, love you to, you know, I, I would I would spoon and that man from here again. to the yeah. to the taffy moon, brother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that is, but I think that's somewhere. I think I'm looking at it right now. The ta- here's the taffy moon for you. Yep. Woo-hoo. So I guess we're saying you give a thumb, like a we're gonna do a thumbs down. It's a straight down. thumbs down for me. I would me. give like a like a half. It's a fail of the Hollywood system to me. Okay. All right. Well, so then as we transition over to the other movie, w- here's what I wanted to mention. I alluded to it earlier on. Is is this episode's an Ava Gardner episode, but it's almost like, um, it, but it's also a, a lit episode, because yeah. it's it's Hemingway and Tennessee Williams and. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know that she's the shining point in either of our films. She's more of a shining point in the second one than the first one. Although in wow. the second one, Just she's outshined Sean Shorn by Richard Burton. Outshorned, my friend. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. I will grant you that. She, she, she saw. In, but okay, so here's the thing I would say about this. Oh wait, you should talk. Should say what it is, or are you leading up to that? Oh no, you go ahead and do that. Oh, no, so no, you do the description too. It's 1964's um, uh, *Night of the Iguana*, uh, okay. uh, an adaptation of, of Tennessee Williams' great play. So now, I, I will say this: she does suffer from the fact that she's across the screen from uh, Richard Burton. Richard Burton Ad is always fucking great. He's always great, except yeah. when he's. Except when he's not, you know, like when you get, you know, when old drunk Richard Burton later on, you know, yeah. and the, the wild geese and crap like that. Yeah. Um, that was, but, but she's across the screen from one of the greats. Okay. Right? So and, but I, that being said, I think this is far and away my favorite role I've seen her in. Oh, this she's is great. her most commanding role I've, I, I can remember from her. Well, now, so here's an instance where, and I'm not saying Tennessee Williams is a better writer than Hemingway because they are just so different as yeah. writers. Mm-hmm. But and maybe it's because Tennessee Williams is always is usually writing for, or oftentimes writing for the stage. But but the strength of these characters, the way they're written, it's it's uh, and not to give uh, you know to take away credit from Gardner or 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 uh, Burton or mm-hmm. Deborah Carr, Deborah. who's also in it. But um, oh my god! But to Deborah say this, lords and ladies and gentlemen, you've just witnessed a wonderful moment. Please go back a couple of episodes to Deborah Kerr from this goofball. So Tom's just tired. So no, but um, never tired of being right. So. Um, <laughs> I, you made me forget what I was saying, you uh, fuckhead. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. Uh, the, the characters are written so well that it's like, with the, put that together with some great actors. And, and so Ava Gardner is great. But but the premise of the film is uh, that Richard Burton um, is a minister who's been, or is on the way to being defrocked, essentially, because mm-hmm. he's had sexual relations with a young lady, which or, seems to be, go ahead. It's implied sexual, but certainly inappropriate. Okay, yeah, and so 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 it's a great opening scene where he's mm-hmm. he's he's getting up to, to sort of deliver his sermon, and the, the church is packed, and, and he has a breakdown, and it's clear to him that uh, the only reason the church is packed and everyone has come is to see his <laughs> great humiliation and impending defrocking. And his breakdown, potentially, as well. And his yeah. breakdown, and yeah. so he's had this sort of relationship with with um with a young girl or possibly Mm -hmm. young girls and and so he's the sort of over like the drinking minister who's a who's kind of a sex maniac Mm -hmm. and he's great and then the next thing we see he's he's in mexico and he's sort of heading these tours like like holy cross tours (laughs) of mexico and it's old sort of school bus Mm -hmm. with a ridiculous group of old minis these old ladies oh yeah 
accompanied by I've a, had this nightmare. a young woman mm. uh, played by Sue Lyon. And what's interesting about Sue Lyon is is this is uh, maybe her second film. She had done Lolita. She played the lead in, in Lolita a couple yeah. of years before with James uh-huh. Mason. Mm-hmm. And this film is not entirely a departure for her. She's getting typecast <laughs> as the young, sort of forbidden fruit, blonde, you know, uh-huh. 14 to 17-year-old girl. Mm. I did a little um, research, meaning I got on Wikipedia, words. essentially, and looked up Lu- Sue Lyon. And and she her life after Night of the Iguana just was this giant spiral. Oh. And she did things like she married um, outside of her race. I don't remember what it was, but it oh. became a problem where she had to move to Spain because of it. They divorced. Then she married a guy who like committed a murder and and spent time in the penitentiary. Penitentiary and and she has lived the rest of her life out in obscurity, like like um, dodging. Uh, f- photographs and interviews as if anyone really wanted to interview her right. except for the fact that she dodges them. So she's sort of this cranky old lady mm-hmm. uh, on the house on top of the hill now. She's not the star of this film, but I just thought it was worth noting because in a way it's a little bit meta too. Richard Burton really was this sort of lecherous drunk um, <laughs> in life. And Sue Lyon really did sort of suffer the consequences of a Lolita type um, relationship. And in a way, I think this focus anyway at this point of our podcast, Ava Gardner, really was the character who we're about to describe. But we'll get into it. But basically, to go back to our story, Richard Burton's taking this busload of old ladies from a church group or something um, mm-hmm. a- around Mexico. Um, and he's sort of dodging the law, the church. I'm not sure exactly what. Or his own libido, his own self. You know, the, the implied is that he's, to a certain extent... You know, his, uh, he's, he's trying to dodge his own impulses, which are definitely to the young nubile ladies. And so one of these ladies, these old ladies on the bus, it's like, you know, knows first of all, of his, knows of it. Yeah. And Sue, Sue Lyon, the young blonde teenager, has, has is sort of this like dangling, you know, clickbait, as it were, on the bus. And so there's all this sort of tension happening in the bus. And in order to avoid any sort of like um, discovery or persecution or prosecution or whatever it is, um, Richard Burton um, drives the bus a, a few miles past their destination to a villa, um, mm-hmm. a sort of like out of season villa run by Ava Gardner, yeah. and then takes the distributor cap off the bus so that they're all stuck there. Right. And and then enters Ava Gardner, who's who's this sort of like, I don't know what to tell you. Ava Gardner, I think. Tom, this is a sort of inside reference, but would you say that she resembles my first, um, not mother-in-law, but uh, Ms. Mm-hmm. Royce of Virginia? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I can totally see that. Yeah, yeah. All right. she's sort of a boozy, like <laughs> uh-huh. a boozy, sort of raspy. Yeah, she's broad. like. A, yeah, she's like. Uh, she's. Um, She's like a bully Nelly waitress out of her context. In okay, a sense. right. Like, but still, but still on the on the on the upper edge of. I mean, she's still got a certain sex appeal to her. Okay, so she uh, hasn't lost that yet. Texas but accent, this place to to some place in Mexico. Never more than five minutes away from a snap pill, a snap purse filled with uh, velour snap purse filled with uh, Virginia Slims. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. And she. Oh, she's she's up here. It's clear that she had some other lover in the past, and mm-hmm. so that's why Richard Burton and she possibly never really got it on in the past. But in the meantime, that guy is died and she's up on this hill with this ridiculous pair 
of Mexican studs yes. who walk around in like capri pants and literally shaking like maracos as they as their glistening pecs and are in the sun. And so so he 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 dives up. That's the by the way the sound that Joe makes when he flexes his muscles. But. <laughs> My spaghetti arms. So so she so anyway so Richard Burton escapes up to this villa and, and the busload of ladies like follow him. One of whom clearly has diarrhea for some reason. That's part of the story. Mm-hmm. This old lady and and Sue Lyon, the young nubile. Is that is that the right word? That's the right. Um, mm-hmm. A woman goes up there, and so it's like now they're stuck up there, and there's all this sort of tension. And along comes Deborah Carr, Deborah Carr. who's for some reason toting around her grandfather, who's like 107, like the mm-hmm. oldest living poet. And she's sort of like that's his his selling point. Right. Actually, you know, to be honest with you, the more <laughs> I'm describing it, it's really a mess of a story. But it's it's yeah. it's kind of great. It's almost like like Tennessee Williams sat down. And said, oh, I need the tension, and I'll just keep writing tension in there. And like, who gives a fuck like how it happened or why it happened? Yeah, it's or, almost like plot doesn't really matter. It's, not it's, at like, all. A, it's like a, it's a character study of people breaking. But is really kind of what's going on with this story. But I will say this: that Ava Gardner in this one, as opposed to the Snows of Kilimanjaro, is much different. And that one, she's sort of the elegant, sort of like always per- perfect in our in our memory woman that can't be forgotten. Right. And this one, she's the one who survived. She's her party girl days, and she's now an older, wiser sort of party girl woman. I'm wondering. I think it was Ava Gardner. Wasn't it Ava Gardner's daughter who stabbed like her boyfriend? Oh, I hope so. I think this this might have been. You mean in real life? In real life, and her her, her boyfriend at the time was I think Stompanato, Johnny Stompanato, who was a Mickey. I don't know what you're Mickey saying. Mickey Cohen uh, gangster. He was a Johnny th- Stompanato. Yeah, really. Like, what are you? No, 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 no. Yeah, like, and he would beat the shit out of her. And if it was, Ava, if it's another actress, then I'm a jerk. But I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Ava Gardner. And uh, like, uh, in, in an act of supposedly self defense on her mother's behalf, yeah. her daughter stabbed this guy to death. Get the fuck out! And of he here. was like, and he was a serious like hitman. That's like, a lot mob of mob hitman. There's a lot of that going like uh, Hollywood and and the, mm. the syndicate. What do you call it? The syndicate. The syndicate. Yeah. All right, there, bullet. So I don't know what I, I just heard. <laughs> the this mafia. Okay, the, the mafia. Let's look at the Costa Yeah. Okay. Fine. Our thing. Yeah. There's a lot of that going around. Mm-hmm. I heard this story one time. Sorry to go off the side right here, Let's but this it. guy Johnny something, uh, of course, his father was a mob guy in Iowa. And so it, he was like the mob guy. As you can imagine how many mob yeah, like bosses in Iowa. <laughs> but he was like the Iowa mob boss or something. Mm-hmm. And his father stole a NASA capsule. He actually um, highway robbed. Uh, what's that called? Highway robber? The, the, whatever. I'm sorry. I'm losing the track here. But he, he stole a truck with a NASA capsule. He tr- and, and, and this guy, he's like 70 now. He goes, or 60. He goes, it was in my backyard. And my dad told me, you can play with it for a week. I got to get this back. Like, it was too much to keep the... the I don't know if it's true or not, this but I love that story. This item's a little hot. It's going to be hard to, <laughs> to pawn this one off. Hey, uh, how much How much for the capsule? Yeah. Well, anyway, I got, so... I got a truck full of furs and a, and a mercury capsule. So, so different. Night of the Iguana, shot in black and white. This is sort of Mexican landscape, um, directed by John Houston. John, you know, I'm going to go... Let, let me step in here real quick, and I think, the, I think some of the difference... Uh, certainly for me, also comes with the styles of the characters. I mean, the styles of writing and the way characters are done. Yeah. Hemingway, he, uh, one of the things I, I, that I, I know is, is a problem with Hemingway that I still admire the honesty of it is he never bothered to mess with female characters, really. He really never wrote... All, most all of his female characters are a cipher in one sense or another. What about the aforementioned Hills Like White Elephants? That's it. I mean, she's still... I mean, both of those characters are really ciphers in that story, in a sense. 
but but he didn't he didn't put a lot of energy into developing female characters, and so it's not surprising that they had to sort of back and fill the writers for the movie had to sort of back and fill on the shows with Kilimanjaro to fill that in. Tennessee Williams did not have that problem. He wrote right. pretty strong female characters as a rule, and that comes across sort of beautifully in this movie because the the female characters are also troubled, but they're sort of the lesser of the troubled. Over Richard Burton, who's really the one kind of going through hell here. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I'll, I'll grant you that. Ooh, goddamn. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, well, ta- I'm going to put the taffy away and start spooning his balls away and, and crumpled up the paper with a swastika. So I'm, I can give you some credit. I wonder, where did he even come up with me in the swastika? I have no Because you draw swastikas in your mouth. I love these things every time we do an episode, and I'm getting tired of it. Okay, well, I'll, I'll work on that. I apologize. You know, we're, uh, we're, we're growing as, as people here. Well. Well, except you, muscularly speaking. <laughs> I really am a, a real Nancy boy. I really, I'm getting fatter, but not in the arms <laughs> <laughs> or the legs. Just the mid, I'm Grinchifying is what's happening. Meanwhile, I'm turning into, yeah, Jesus. We really are a disaster. Yeah, this fucking T-Rex. Listen to these episodes while you can, because we are in horrific shape. <laughs> Mentally T-Rex and with physically. heart disease. Ugh. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess... Do you have anything last thing to say? Well, let's just uh, let's take care of some business here. Okay, let's plug all Let's do some of the plug all right, uh, Everyone, hey, we've uh, got our website, the FinleysOnFilm.com. Come check us out. And as important, or more so, uh, we're looking for you know a little bit of help. So if you can check us at uh, Patreon uh, on our Patreon page, Finleys on Film on Patreon, uh, that would be great. Please join us. We've got some great. Uh, ideas planned as far as gifts for that and I think I have something that we'll probably be putting out very soon as a, as a potential tempter on that one uh, but I just want to encourage you all please check us out on Patreon I'll give you a shout out at the very least and uh, and all like that folks please uh, contribute to Patreon we have some things that I will mention and I'm thinking about but I might mention in the future but I'm not sure what it is you really sold that talk. I think one of them is going to be your head <laughs> Wait, I I'm looking at Patreon right now if, We're I, gonna... if I can find a box small enough one of them is going to be your head okay let me plug Tom for a second here Ooh. not the way that I would like to um, <laughs> he will butt. be performing his brand of and I'm air quotes on this one comedy hmm. on May 24th that's a Tuesday at the Octopus Literary Salon in Oakland California yes absolutely gonna bring it down and uh, I think we've got some people coming out and I'm looking forward to that but if you're in the area and you want to catch some uh, lovely comedy and some pretty damn good poetry at that come check us out at the Octopus Literary Salon any other uh, gigs coming up Tom uh, nothing uh, nothing concrete at the moment but I uh, will have some more before too long Okay, so look forward to a Patreon gift that Tom's not sure what it is, and <laughs> it could be something he's thinking about, like a but thumb. contribute, and also his comedy on the 24th in Oakland. Is that it? Uh, that's it. Any other business? Twitter, I guess. Follow us on Twitter. All right, listen, we're the Finleys on Film. We love classic film. Uh, we love uh, busting each other's balls. We love each other. And we love being mean to each other. That's I think, I, I think yeah. Yeah, okay, change good. that at some point. All at right. some point. See you, folks. Adios.